0: Hello, welcome everybody to the Pixie Dust Podcast. Annie Fry here, very excited to be with you as we talk about the most common apprehensions that people might have when planning a Disney World trip. What are the concerns that people tend to have and what concerns should you be? Maybe can we help you answer as you plan your next Disney trip? Erica Murphy, my co-host here. Hi, Erica. Hi, Annie. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing well. We are. We are both have uh, makeup on, and we are ready to talk to you on a podcast. It's a weird world that we're living in right now. This is. We're used to not having to go out at this point in time. We are still before everything opens up. We're going to talk at the end of this podcast about some news that has just recently come out in the last 24 hours about Universal Studios opening up after the coronavirus pandemic. That's going to be at the end of the show because we want to get to some of these concerns uh, uh, that people might have about planning their next Walt Disney World vacation. Erica is with Magic Expeditions, and she's a travel agent for lots of different places, but specializing at Disney World. So, Erica, I'm sure that the apprehensions now here as we record this at the end of May of 2020 are a little bit different than the usual version, but a lot of them are probably also the same.
1: Yeah. And that's just the thing that I think that a lot of the concerns that come up over the course of the year, this is just kind of heightened right now. Um, One of the things that the first things I want to talk about was the cancellation policy. And that's something that life happens all the time, not just when there's a pandemic going on that um, even before this happened, I had somebody that their daughter came down with the flu like four days before they were ready to go. And it's like you're spending all this money. You don't want to. Well, first of all, you don't want to fly when you're sick, and so having that cancellation policy, even after all of this, I think it's something that's very, very well
0: received. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So cancel the cancellation policy. First, tell me what the traditional cancellation policy has been up until this time where Disney has been experiencing a shutdown. What is the traditional cancellation policy? If you've got your trip booked, or if you were somebody who was thinking about booking a trip, what is the traditional way about going and
1: changing your mind for whatever particular reason down the road? Sure. So, to get a reservation booked, you need a $200 deposit. Once that deposit is placed, you can start planning and doing all of your fast passes and dining reservations. You have 30 days before departure to pay off your your final balance. Once that's done, then that's when it's not refundable. Any day outside of that 30-day window is fully fully refundable. Fully refundable. Fully refundable. The $200 deposit, any money that you put down... One thing that I do like to say, because I know in some of our previous episodes, we talked about how uh, gift cards can kind of be a a little hack to save. If you pay for a trip with a gift card, they will return that money to those gift cards. So make sure that you hold on to that. And in most cases, you're going to want to plan another trip and go back so you can just use those funds towards your next trip. Within that 30-day window, like I mentioned the family before that had to cancel, they just transferred it to a new reservation, and they're very accommodating. So what we would do is just pay the difference if, you know, a standard room was no longer available and you had to go to a preferred room or, or go for that. That would just transfer those funds to your new reservation.
0: Okay, so you can you can change your reservation but disney is gonna have if, if you're inside of that 30-day window traditionally disney's got your money yes so d- to reiterate we're, we're talking about concerns people might have booking their next trip at disney you only need to have 200 da- 200 down to have that reservation held mm-hmm. up until 30 days of your check-in date so mm-hmm. it's a 200 commitment which in this scheme of disney world spending is is not that big it's not a huge Mm -hmm. commitment to that and up until that 30 days you can move your trip around you can make changes and then up until when you get to that 30 day mark you can add a lot. I like what you said though about the gift cards because I am somebody who does purchase my Disney I pay most of what I pay Disney with gift cards because I find ways to save money on gift cards and if you're spending a few thousand dollars on a trip and you're saving 5% on the gift cards you buy that adds up very quickly. But just know that the money that you're sa- like for me I I consider that okay if I'm going to if I'm going to get $3000 um in in disney gift cards because i'm going to take a vacation those three thousand dollars when i've committed that to that gift card i know that that's going to go to a disney world vacation sometime mm-hmm. and and god forbid there's a shutdown which would before this been unimaginable right or or some sort of personal circumstance if that money has to go back on gift cards that's fine because i'm going to use it at my ne- i'm going to i'm going to modify i'm not going to cancel mm-hmm. so the cancel that was a cancellation policy as it were they've really, really changed their approach to cancellations. It's been very guest centric. I would say you've probably dealt with quite a bit of them. What's your experience now with what Disney has decided to do in the midst of this particular situation?
1: Yeah. So as the situation is fluid and as it's constantly changing, we don't have an open date for Disney as of right now. So if you have a trip that's planned for June 27th, right now it's still not canceled. So I'm past my 30 day window. If I were to pay my full balance, then that, that window is a little, little tricky. So what they've done is they've allowed the window to be seven days before arrival. And that's typically also when they've been doing cancellations, if they were going to extend the cancellation. So you would have a pretty good idea if the park was going to be closed or not. So they've been really accommodating. And um, as far as moving new reservations, if you think about it, the time that that all of this hit was over spring break, which is peak season. So a lot of the people that I've been able to move to the fall, even without a promo, it's now off peak season. So they saved a little bit of money on the room. So um, just getting those things, even if you want to be, if you don't feel comfortable traveling at the end of June or early July, if they were to open back up, uh, you could still make any changes with no no fees as of right now. So it's pretty flexible. Yeah. If if
0: you are somebody who is considering a trip, you I am itching to get out yeah. and go somewhere else. I I need this. I have a trip booked for the end of July. I am feeling very Potentially irresponsibly confident about my trip, but that's just what I need to do right now. That's yeah. what I need to do to get out of May into June for me. Um, but we don't know, and and we're we're probably very close to knowing what that open date, that target date, is going to be for Disney. But I think it's it's this is going to be one of probably a dozen times where I tell you to consider working with a travel agent when you book and Erica is my travel agent with magic expeditions and you can contact her easily um, at the email here, Erica at magic expeditions.com. And you can connect with her on her Facebook page, Erica Murphy magic expeditions. And you can also please uh, like the pixie dust podcast, Facebook page. We've just started this Facebook page I think we're about twenty-five episodes into this podcast yeah. now, and so please subscribe if you haven't. Share it with a friend, a, a Disney-loving friend, because this is just kind of the the way that we get through and talk about some happy things. It's been a, more of a challenge here lately, but um, it's it's important stuff. And I think that those apprehensions are generally there when you go to book a trip if you if you're not uh, if you're not familiar with it. Mm-hmm. And I, I would also add if you are watching this live on our Facebook page while we broadcast this, and you have questions that you want us to answer answer or, or suggestions, pieces of advice, please comment along on the Facebook Live as you go. Mm-hmm. Another apprehension that a lot of people have, I think the biggest one, especially when you're like going into the unknown, so to speak, is cost. Cost is a big spooky one. Erica, w- when people say, you know, gosh, I-, I can't afford, I can't afford a Disney World vacation. How frequently do you talk to them and they realize, well, maybe I can afford a Disney World vacation?
1: Yeah, I'd say almost 10 out of 10 times that a lot of people go into it thinking it's a certain dollar amount and you know, you certainly can they have three different levels of resorts so there's value, moderate and deluxe. So it certainly can get up there very pricey if you spend at a deluxe, but there's also the value resorts that are very very nice. They they don't skimp in any type of service or accommodations. Um and and that tends to be a lot more affordable than people, people realize. I I think about um, Ryan on your show, he Mm -hmm. was kind of questioning it. And I think he was even, he was shocked. He was like, Oh, wow. Yeah, no, we, we can't go this year. So I think a lot of times people have a certain dollar amount in their head. And a lot of times we can, we can typically beat that.
0: So I was looking the other day around value resorts and I feel like it, I, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm ballparking. A value resort night was in the low 100s. Yeah, around
1: 140. Something, I think it depends on yeah, the time. I'm the sure, mm-hmm.
0: but it's it's doable. I mean, and you can stay in a, you know, a nice regular old hotel in South Bend, Indiana, for for a similar amount. And this is yeah. at Disney World. Um, I'm going to add on because because staying on property certainly increases the expenditure mm-hmm. to an extent but the access that you get when you stay on property, Erica, what's your advice there if people are kind of teetering between the two?
1: Yeah. So in my opinion, uh, time is priceless. (laughs) And When I am going to Disney, um, we've talked about how we kind of do Disney a little bit differently, but I don't go from open to close. We're not a, a rope drop to firework family. So I like being able to go back to the room and I like being able to relax and maybe eat lunch at a different property and kind of do more of a relaxing type of type of trip. Um, and with that being said, when you go and stay on property, all of the transportation is included. So it's a 15 minute gondola ride from if you stay at a gondola property from Hollywood Studios or Epcot back to your room. So if you're staying off property, you have to get in your shuttle and go however long, you know, 45 minutes, half an hour, however long the property is away from from your from the parks. And and to me, that little bit of extra money is worth that time that you get to spend in the park or relaxing in your room or by a pool. I would much rather be by a pool than on a bus. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'll say so. as a mom of three kids, you haven't gone to Disney world yet as a mama. So, and, and, but you've gone like a trillion times. <laughs> um, I've been, well, I've been four times. The first time I went was with my parents when I was six or seven. And I've been back twice with my, my family, my three kids, my husband uh, and the, the let's see, the first time it was just us that went and we met my, my brother and sister-in-law there. The next time we went, we met my brother and sister-in-law there, but we bu- had uh, my in-laws come along with me. Mm-hmm. And then in this July, we're supposed to go with my parents. So crossing my fingers for that. Transportation, like you do have to map out where you're going to go and how you're going to get there. Maybe one day I'll do an entire show on my spreadsheets because there's a transportation (laughs) spreadsheet that my husband is in charge of, which is we need to be at this reservation at this point. What would be the best course of action? But we do that type of stuff because we enjoy the planning. If that's Mm -hmm. not your thing, you don't have to do that. Um, But not having to worry about where's my car and parking and, and, you know, trying to make sure you get your car from one place to the other. We fly. So I wouldn't want to rent a vehicle myself once we get down there. Like from the moment I put my, I check my bags in St. Louis where I'm coming from and I'm going to MCO to land in Orlando. From the the time I hand over my bags and I've got like a stroller and a carry-on and that's all I have with me and then my kids, which is the most important cargo that I have. I don't have to really think about much. I can kind of just move from one place to the other and to me as a mom, a working mom, my husband's a teacher, so he's working And my my kids are in activities like to be able to get there and then just exhale and just kind of go with the flow. Oh, my gosh. The transportation and staying on property to me Mm -hmm. is worth every bit of it. And I would also suggest if you are adding in the cost to park places and all of the other little expenses that add up over the course of time, it might not be cheaper to stay off property yeah it might it might not be worth it
1: well and speaking of spreadsheets, you know I've of course over the course of the years even before I was an agent we've done all these spreadsheets of of cost savings of what different scenarios would be and it's comparable staying on property. Off property, then, um, and for that, if it's just a little bit more or even the same, I a hundred percent will stay on property, and you get a cool Magic Band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. <laughs>
0: and then you well, come home, and you're like, I'm just gonna try to scan in places yeah. and see if I can get in anywhere.
1: <laughs> well, and not only that, that it's just um, the the reservations and kind of the perks that you get for staying on property. You get advanced reservations for fast passes and dining than people that are staying off property. So if you want to eat and take your, your daughter to Cinderella's Royal table, if you're staying on property, you have a much better chance of getting that sought after reservation yep. than you do staying off property.
0: And that's all stuff. If, if you're hearing this and you're going, like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I thought we were going on vacation.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: if, if you're thinking that that's why you use Erica, because you can really, She'll ask you questions. You answer the question, she makes it happen. That is a very, very uh, fantastic thing. Um, I want to, we have a question here from John, and he says, military discounts?
1: Yes. So, I actually um, have a Pixie Dust podcast listener uh, who booked with me, who is a military family and they were able to get the military tickets on base. And there was a significant discount on base. Uh, They get the memory maker and the tickets, um, and I believe she said they could do the dining too. I apologize. I'll have to double check that. Mm-hmm. And then they just did a room only reservation with me. So so
0: if they can do that, you can work with them and guide them to where they're going to save the most money. What's best yeah. for them. And then they can still organize all the rest of the stuff
1: yeah. with you. Absolutely. And I will say... Um, we were talking about the cancellation pro- policy and cost and all that. You can get insurance with a third-party insurance, and that would kind of alleviate all that. It adds a little bit more of a cost, obviously, because it's insurance. Um, but I believe – so when you buy with the military, you buy on base. So all of the cancellations and returns and all of that, everything is done through your base.
0: Okay. Okay. Fantastic. I'm gonna, we have a list here and I'm checking these off as we go, but I'm gonna skip ahead one if you do not mind. Um, so we've talked about concerns. These are, these are things that you'll be concerned about before you book your next Disney World trip. We've talked about the cancellation policy. We just talked about cost. That'll probably come back up throughout the course of this conversation. Um, But one of them here, I'm going to read Christopher's comment that we have as we're recording this on our Facebook page. So like us on our Facebook page, and when we record these lives, you can uh, ask questions along with us. Hey, Annie and Erica, I still owe my wife a honeymoon. We had a Disney cruise booked years ago, but had to cancel because she got pregnant and there was a Zika outbreak in the Caribbean, stupid viral outbreaks. Yes. (laughs) This kind of goes to the one point that we have listed here about – is Disney just for kids? So you've got a couple here that is thinking about celebrating a honeymoon. Maybe they want to go by themselves. Sounds like they have kids now, so maybe they want to take the family. But when it comes to um, Disney World being, in my mind, what it was stereotypical to me just in before I went in July of 2018. So in Mm -hmm. June of 2018 to me, I was like, oh, gosh. I'll do this for my kids. It'll be fun. I'll be happy for my kids because my kids will be happy. And then like two years later, I am a Disney nerd. I am a Disney person through and through and I'm shouting yeah. it from the rooftops.
1: So what do you say when,
0: if people are considering Disney a place just for kids?
1: Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned I've never been to Disney as a mom. My little Brayden is going to be. Yeah, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I no, know, I know it's crazy. He's going to be mm-hmm. one year old next week, which I'm um you know little torn up about but uh you know my husband claims that he was never a disney person so when we first got together of course he was like yeah i'll go because of you because i've always loved it i i was able to go as a kid um and my husband is a murphy so he's you know very irish very stereotypical strong you know doesn't doesn't <laughs> talk about he, he disney is not for for adults it's for kids he went the first time I was able to talk him into going because he had a conference down there. And then he was the one that booked our next trip back. Mm. So. Got him. him. Several times. Got him. Because, um, you know, of course there's the shows and there's, you know, they have a lot of stuff that is directed towards kids. We don't go on Dumbo, just the two of us. I mean, we probably could, but um, there's all whole- I think we went on Dumbo just the two of us. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. Was but I that's- not supposed to do that? No, but that's the (laughs) thing. Is that it's it's something for literally everybody. Yeah. So they have some of the best James Beard Award winning chefs that are on property. So I'm a big foodie. I love trying the different cuisines. At Epcot, there's the different pavilions. So, you know, we could have a cocktail and have, mm-hmm. you know, beignets in Paris and then stumble over and have uh, dinner in Italy. And it's just, it's very romantic. There's different boat rides you can take back and forth. It's, there's so many different things at Disney to do. Um, standing in front of the magic kingdom and Cinderella's castle and watching the fireworks. I mean, I can't think of anything that's more romantic. It's than-
0: different with your, when your kids are not there. Yeah. It is a romantic experience. My husband and I went, uh, just the two of us, we were considering buying into the Disney Vacation Club. So we wanted to go for a long weekend and we went, we arrived, I think, January 31st and we were there for three nights, Friday, I don't know what it was, three nights, four nights, whatever. And we, you know, when I say we were on Dumbo, like we were giggling at how we were like, We can get on this because we went and did an after hours event together, just the two of us, obviously. and, And so we were in Magic Kingdom, just us two. And the park was like empty. It was it was so crazy. And it was also 50 degrees. And I'm like, we're walking through this park at night. There's nobody here. And we are cold. When we are here in July and we are thinking that we would be shoulder to shoulder with people dripping in sweat, we'll be like, we won't even be able to remember what this is like. But we took this this long weekend and we we went on mine tra- we went on mine train like six times in a row and we were yeah. giggling. And I mean, th- that was that was a very cool experience for my husband and I, because when you do go with kids. So this is not I'm not just talking to people who um, don't have kids at all and think it's not for them because they don't have like that kind of a family. If you, if, if you want to go with a friend, if you want to yeah. go with your significant other, that's your little family, you go do it and you will feel like a kid again. And you do feel a little bit unburdened by, you know, my constant one, two, three inventory of my children and making sure that yeah. the one, two, three I come home with are the same one, two, three that I went to the park with. But, you know, we, we did a fireworks party it, for the happy Happily Ever After. It was all you can drink. It was the first night of the all you can drink event. And so my husband enjoyed some beers and I thought that they were going to have uh, sangria and they didn't. I don't know if they if they <laughs> might have changed that. So I, I had I think I had a champagne, but we, we did some drink things that we would not have. It's just for me, it's not worth it when you have kids and it's the yeah. hot summer. Like, it's just a choice that we made. We rode the rides that we wanted to. And then we kind of went and did other things. And so you're, it's casual, which yeah. when you have kids, everything goes by the kids. And that's fine. You learn that very quickly. It's the way life is. But, you know, I, I, I've said to my husband, and, and he's agreed and said back to me that the non-kid Disney trip is going to be a thing. And it, yeah. it, it, did, it did not need to be more than three nights because yeah. we could do so much more. We were like unlimited power at our fingertips because we didn't have three kids and bags and strollers and stuff with us. So I, I, if you have any questions about that, reach out, you can reach out to the Pixie Dust podcast, Facebook page and ask us questions. You can reach out directly to Erica and, uh, you know, ask her questions about that Mm -hmm. as well, because she's the expert. I want to get to this one, the one that I skipped over here. Yeah. Because I kind of alluded to this when I was talking about maybe the eighth tab on my spreadsheet (laughs) is that this is overwhelming. (laughs) I, I, I have, oh man, I love spreadsheets. I'm that, I'm that person and I have this color coded spreadsheet. It is a beautiful piece of work and I've planned three or four trips on it now, mm-hmm. but I'm doing that because I enjoy that process. Sure. And I can't, I, if I'm, if someone's talking to me about Disney and they're like, Annie, you know, you really like Disney. is its isn't it? Isn't it, like, overwhelming? Like, you have to know where you're... And if I show them that spreadsheet, they will never go to Disney World. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be, like, at 5.45 on a Tuesday, you're going to go be here? And I'm. it's like, no, it's not really that rigid. That's just how I am about it. You don't have to be like that. There are some things no. you need to plan ahead. But the overwhelming nature of it quickly becomes fun. Like, once you've made the decision, like, we're going to Disney World, that becomes kind of a fun part about it and mm-hmm. the i think the overwhelming thing of anything is what you don't know and that's again where you come in erica as a travel agent if the reason why it overwhelms people is because they don't know what questions to ask sure you, you ask them those questions and you set mm-hmm. them up for that and and handhold them as much as they need their hand held to make sure that they have a fantastic vacation and kind of take the the, the edge off a little bit of that that stress that might come along with it
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, my husband, he, when he saw that we have three fast passes a day and we have a dinner reservation, he's like, I don't know if I'm going to want to eat Moroccan food on Tuesday, six months from now. And it's like, just I'll show, I'll tell you where to show up. Like, just come with me. Like you don't even think about it. And he ended up having a great time. And Mm -hmm. that's what, when I book with my clients, I know people don't, Do Disney the same way. You and I don't do Disney the same way. None of my clients typically do Disney the same way. So having those conversations and giving them the options and they know what's best for their family. And then we, as travel agents, if you don't work with me, I recommend working with a travel agent that you know, because we do all the planning for you, the dining, the fast passes, the reservations, and it's no cost to you. So we're paid directly by Disney and it's no different than if you were to book directly on their website. So why not have that help of somebody that looks at the boards? We're constantly looking at reservations. We know the updates, we know the new resor- the restaurants that are coming out. If you know, the space restaurant ever opens up you know yeah. or, or different fast passes and how to navigate them. And especially with things like, this pandemic that has come out. Um, I, we've talked about this before. I never thought that they would close. I would, why I don't speculate because now I don't really, I don't know mm-hmm. until they say it. I'm like, okay. Um, but people were on hold for six, seven hours to try and make changes and, and make different reservations and, even if you want to plan everything yourself and you love those crazy plans, just having that extra level of somebody in your corner to make those reservations for you. When you're in the park, if there was an issue, like maybe your magic band's not working or something is is not, instead of you being on the phone with guest services, your travel agent can do that for you. And it's just kind of nice to just show up and just enjoy and relax and, and kind of let us do the heavy lifting for you.
0: Yeah, do you feel like, when you um, talk to somebody, by the time they get to you as a travel agent, how committed, like what percentage committed mm-hmm. are they to pretty much booking a trip? Are they pretty committed by the time they get to you?
1: Yeah, I think so. And and I kind of hope that that changes through the Pixie Dust podcast because I, l- I would love to just have conversations even if you're just kind of on the fence about it. Just because you contact me doesn't mean that you have to book. These quotes don't necessarily, nothing is binding Even if you book and put that $200 deposit down and then, you know, you lose your job or, you know, something has to happen, life happens, you can still cancel and there's no, there's no penalty for that. So Mm -hmm. um, I would love to have more people just, you know, want to talk about Disney because I could do that all day. But most of the people that come to me, um, they're pretty, you know, this is what we want to do. We just don't know how to do it, but I would love to have more people just, you know, want to talk about it.
0: Yeah. And I think that, one of the benefits of, of reaching out to you, Erica, is that you can answer questions. There's no cost obligation. And mm-hmm. you said this before, and I don't want to glance over it because it's such an important part of working with a travel agent. Any travel agent that you work with is not – Disney is not – you're not going to pay more for your Disney trip working with a travel agent that's working with Disney than you would if you just booked it yourself, Mm-hmm. So whatever you get, any type of help you get from a travel agent is free to you. And in my experience of working with uh, Erica, we, this again kind of goes back to that cost apprehension that people have. Is that when you are when you are so in touch with the daily changes that happen in promos for planning trips and and you know the, the options that are available to different people or maybe price changes in different resorts that might exist, that Erica can on your behalf, once you have told her like, this is what we want, this is the dream vacation, she can if free dining becomes available she can snag that for you, and you'll get an email mm-hmm. in the morning that says, save you 200 bucks save you a thousand bucks, save you some inordinate amount of money, and that's something that you might not, you might have had to go, you know, live your life that you need to take a vacation from, and you will not know that that existed, and they come out in a limited quantity, and you could miss the boat, you don't do that when you work with Erica, which is why I would Highly recommend that people connect with her, even if it's just asking questions. So you can yeah. send her an email at erica at com, or connect with us. Ask us questions at the Pixie Dust podcast as well. Uh, the next one here, unless you had anything else you want to talk about, the overwhelming thing. No. I'll, I'll say, too, I'll add in here. I've, I've been discussing the potential of going on with a, a family member of mine who wants to take uh, some her kids is... She's just kind of like brace yourself when you start thinking, when you're saying, oh, you got to make those six-month dinner reservations or those 60-day ride Mm -hmm. reservations. Um, It it was just the front of it was kind of like a shell that I had to crack through. And then when I got her to listen to me to explain how it works, she was like, oh, okay, that's not a big deal. Like, I'm not locked into eating this meal. I could change it up until 24 hours at no yeah. cost and you could just not go and a lot of times call disney if there's a, a circumstance that comes up and, and change your plans on the fly if you don't abuse that and it won't ha- it won't penalize you but when i when i got her attention enough to like understand the process she was much more open to to the idea of it so if it's something that has you raise your eyebrow, like it looks like it could be fun or you think it'd be great for the kids, but the oh, that you get anxiety just thinking about it, that's where you need to have a conversation with Erica, completely no-obligation conversation, mm-hmm. and throw those apprehensions out, and people will, uh, with us here at the Pixie Dust Podcast, we will be able to put those, those concerns at ease or maybe affirm for you that some of the things you're concerned about are actually going to take place. Like, here's one. Is Disney World going to be too hot? Well, it's hard to answer that question for any one individual. I'll say here, Erica and I live in St. Louis, Missouri, which is sometimes feels like the armpit of the country when it comes (laughs) to heat and humidity. And I'll say, Erica, when I'm looking at, you know, Facebook groups that I'm involved in or message boards that I read from time to time, people are like, oh, because I always go at the end of July and August. And they're like July's the worst time. It's all so hot and it's sw- it's humid and it's just miserable. And why would anybody want to? And then I look and they're from New England, and I'm like, yeah. I-, I get that. <laughs> like I understand why you would not want to, in, you know, have your vacation be that existence. But I've gone to I've gone for more than a week twice now to Disney, where the first week I went, every single day at home was more hot than it was yeah. in Florida. So the the idea up front that Disney world is just going to be miserably hot in, in the summer. A it's true, but depending on where you were coming from, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be any worse than being at home. And if that's when you can travel,
1: travel. Well, and the one thing that I wanted to note with that too, is I think that Disney has done a really good job. They are definitely a data driven company. So they've done research on literally everything. So they, it's not just like blacktop to where you're just scorching in the sun all day. The cues are set up to where they're shaded. Some of them have misters and there's fans, there's indoor activities. So there's, you know, um, movie, the theaters, the like Mickey Philharmonic and different, virtual attractions that are indoors so that you can kind of take a little breather from that heat. So it doesn't feel like you're spending 12 hours in the hot Florida sun. I think that Disney has done a really good job of creating the parks with shading and there's the way that the the hills are that it creates a breeze and some valleys and um, I think that they've done a really good job with the elements and and that's something that we can help navigate your trip too is you know I know you've mentioned doing character dinings is something that kind of just lets you take a breath and kind of just yeah. gives you a break from that. So kind of making those plans Yes, you're making them six months in advance, but this is why so that you can take those bre- breaks while you're in there and, um, you know, watch a parade and you're spending 20 minutes watching the Festival of Fantasy Parade. And then, you know, it's a little warm. So then maybe we'll go do lunch or we'll go get ice cream on on Main Street and, you know, do a fast pass at Space Mountain so that it's more indoors and the queue is is indoors and air conditioned. So uh, we have different little tricks that, mm-hmm. yes, it's hot. But it, it when you're there, it doesn't feel terrible.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, I'm going to add to just to reiterate something I said a little bit there. My husband's a teacher. I have three kids and they're in school. I wouldn't be opposed myself to taking my kids out of school as long as they are, exceed, uh, you know, succeeding at school, which they currently don't have any trouble in school. It would be different if there was some struggles there. And I thought it would be hurtful sure. to them from an education standpoint. But my husband doesn't get to take a week off in the middle of the school year to go. So a lot of those, those um, d- other kinds of times where it might be more advantageous from a weather standpoint, it's just really not mm-hmm. in the cards for us because all of the super peak times that are not summer are, that's when kids are out of school. That's when teachers are out of school. So for, for my family, it just doesn't work. So we're going to have to do, uh, you know, what we can do to be able to enjoy the magic. And we do. And yeah, we just, you know, we go swimming if we need to cool off or we cool off at the hotel or we break our day up with an air conditioned meal. Yeah. Um, and there's also so many different attractions at a lot of these places that are indoors. There are shows mm-hmm. and everything that really ends up uh, breaking up the monotony a bit yeah. of the heat. As it hits yeah. you. And I'll also say once I'm out there, like once I get the once I get the tank top going and the shorts with the, you know, tennis shoes and a hat to keep some of the sun off my face, then I'm kind of like, yeah, it's just gonna be hot. And then you get yeah. into a hotel at night and you're like, geez, it's cold in here. <laughs> <laughs> you got to shower all the funk off for the from the, the entire day. Nobody lays in the bed until you fully showered. But uh, that's definitely one of those things that you just kind of get used to unless you're never going to get used to it then don't go in the summer. It might be too hot for you there, but Erica can set you up with a time that might be more um, appropriate for you.
1: So this kind of goes hand in hand here. The next Mm -hmm. one, did you have something else you wanted to say about the heat? Well, I was just going to say, I think another thing is people always say that there's so much walking too. And that's the same thing. You do a lot of walking when you're in Disney. It's a lot of steps. I think, you know, 30,000, 40,000 steps is something that's very doable in a day at Disney. But again, they had the park set up in a way to where you're not just walking miles and miles. There's breaks and there's things to see that when you get back to your room, maybe your feet are a little sore. But you're like, man, it didn't feel like I walked 30,000 steps today or 40,000 steps, whatever that, that, you know, your little tracker Mm -hmm. says. Um, But I think that kind of goes. They've done a really good job of distracting you from from those kinds of things
0: mark is commenting right now if you are watching with us on our facebook as we record this podcast live you can add comments along we enjoy bringing you into the discussion mark says we his family have gone down the past eight years in the fall but with my elderly father and brother who has a heart condition and the coronavirus we canceled for this year but next year if the virus becomes a non-factor it's on so that's a a smart decision for you mark and I, i i commend you for you know Pulling back right now while you think it's not what's best for you. And, uh, you know, it'll be even that much more magical when you do have the ability to return. But it just goes just goes to show you, like, eight years in a row. And yeah. it just kind of becomes a thing where you just are like, when do I go again? When I'm coming yeah. home on the Tragical Express, mm-hmm. th- I remember the first time. We were coming home from our first trip, and this is when we entered as non-Disney people, and I was just having a soul-searching, conflicted moment on the way back to the airport. And I looked at my husband, and I said, we can talk about coming back, can't we? And he's like, yeah, "Yeah, we can talk about coming back. Heath says, my first time to Disney, Thanksgiving 2003. I hated it. We went back about a year later. Loved it from that point forward. We've now been like 27 times, LOL. So yeah, I mean, that's kind of just... Yeah. It, it, there's different things that can en- enter your experience and make mm-hmm. it more magical in one time or the other. But, uh, it, it seems as though the, there's a pretty strong consistency that there is something there to like yeah. for everybody. All right. Well,
1: And with, you know, he mentioned canceling for September. Um, historically t- the packages for the previous year or for the following year come out around June. So we're Soon. hoping to have those, those 2021 packages. We also need a park month. that is open. <laughs> we do need a park that is open. Um, and I think that those are all going to come hand in hand. So I think the next couple that, weeks we're going to see a lot of information come out.
0: That is an interesting thought that maybe it could all be at once. Like if, if, if it were, you know, we don't, we don't know, I don't know, but it would be, it would make sense to me that Disney world is now open
1: and you can book your trip through whatever the time frame is. Yeah. And you can book a room only reservation right now through 2021, which I know we've mentioned before is the 50th anniversary. So I don't know. Um, again, don't want to speculate, but we don't know what. I love speculating. Like. I know you do. <laughs> um, but I, I you don't have don't different responsibilities. This. Yeah, I do. I do. But I don't know what that's going to look like with capacity, how long that those capacity rules are going to stay in place. And with 2021 being the 50th anniversary, it's we already anticipated it being heightened crowds just based on, I mean, I want to be there for the 50th anniversary. That's going to be huge. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to secure your room right now, you can certainly do that, um, making sure that that you get kind of get your spot while while the reservations are available and then we can add the package on once they're released. Well. well, this in my
0: day job on my radio show is what we would call a fantastic <laughs> segue because the next apprehension here is is Disney World too crowded, which I'm yeah. sure, you know, my, my my when I was talking with my relative who wanted to go, she's like I said, why don't you go in the summer? I said you could come when we come. I don't want to go. It's too crowded. It, like it was, it was. It repulsed her to think about being shoulder to shoulder with people. So it's hard to answer this question right now because yeah. we don't know what crowded is going to look like. I mean, it, they might reach max capacity, and it might be the the least populated the park has ever been in 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 my particular experience or yours. Um, but talk to me a little bit historically speaking about time of year and the extent with which crowds can. Could previously
1: have existed at Disney World. Yeah. So in the past, I normally say if you don't like crowds, don't necessarily go the week of Christmas or Thanksgiving. Because those are going to be the hands down most crowded times the park. They reach capacity, I want to say it was at like 11 or 12 in the afternoon at Magic Kingdom this past year to where they weren't even letting anybody else in the park because they had, there were so many people in the park on mm-hmm. uh, New Year's Eve. I know we were watching the live feed together on New Year's Eve, like <laughs> the party animals that we are. Um,
0: uh, we are so cool.
1: There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of hipness in this mama. Oh my gosh. I didn't even yeah. see it for midnight, uh, but I got to see the Disney midnight, which that counts. Um, but with that being said, you we're know, central time,
0: just so people <laughs> at home
1: understand what she's saying there. She stretched we, it. I did. I did. It was tough. I mean, Dan was asleep. Rain was asleep. I'm like watching fireworks on my iPad. and I'm like this. I gotta go. But it, but the there was wall to wall people. and And for me, even as the Disney lover that I am, I would much rather just watch it on my iPad than to be in that crowd. And, like you said, we don't know what this holiday season is going to look like based on if social distancing and all that is still going to be in place. So I'm not even going to try to speculate. But um, historically, that's the busiest time. And then spring break. And summer really isn't. Peak season anymore. It's not mm-hmm. as crowded as people think that it is. Uh, it's going to be your fall, spring break. So, if you're wanting to avoid the crowds, I always recommend going like early January, you know, early February. There's a couple dates like President's Day or the Disney runs. There's a couple dance competitions. But um, if we look at the calendar and kind of see what events are happening and kind of schedule around there, you can have a very low crowd experience at Disney in an off-peak season. And since the the tickets now are based and priced on uh, the tiered pricing with the peak season, Mm -hmm. it's more affordable too. So if you have the flexibility to go at different times, we can certainly find a time that would not be hot, not be crowded and be less expensive.
0: <laughs> and if you hurry now, you can probably get a pretty... If you can get yeah. the room booked, you might not have too big of a crowd. Yeah. For sure. I, I think that the... I think the crowded thing is something that you can sort of kind of try to... You know, when they yin, you yang. When they zig, you zag. And you you figure out a way to make it so that you, you enjoy... Your space is you are moving around at this trip, and everybody else is moving around amongst yeah. you. Like eating lunch at two p.m. instead of noon, and yeah. then maybe you are at in at the park. You know, maybe you're doing rides when people are doing fireworks or something like that. Uh, th- there are different ways that you can maneuver your way. If you, especially too, I'll add this is a very important thing. If you have a sensory a uh, child or if you're somebody in your family who has sensory issues and you need to take uh, into, into consideration this kind of accommodations, is another thing that Erica can help you research and, and provide for you uh, as well. Because all those different things go into making or breaking your trip. And yeah. if, if you find yourself miserable because things are just so overwhelming that you can't take it in and enjoy it that's not worth your money and it's not a vacation that you're going to want to take. So that's no. those are conversations that when you have a travel agent, you don't know what's going on and you're worried about the, the crowding nature. Erica can help you plan that out and kind of really plus up your vacation experience because you knew things that if you didn't use Erica, you wouldn't have known. Mm-hmm. Next one. Uh, common apprehensions about people coming to Disney World, planning your next Disney World trip. It seems like it's too stressful. How could this possibly be relaxing? Erica, how do you answer that?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, just kind of, you know, I kind of along the lines when we were talking about just being for kids, the, I've never been as a mom. So this is all I know is going either as an adult or going as a child. So um, in my opinion, that it's, it's very relaxing because I have the most amazing meals. There's beaches at the resort, you know, they're man-made beaches, but Disney has done so well with the theming that it truly makes you feel like you're being transported to these different places. So I'm able to be on the beach and like I said, have dinner in Paris and go on an African safari all on one trip. And that to me, it's like amazing. And it's all how you want to do Disney. So if you go into it being like, I want to do everything that there is to do there, I would just say, if this is your first trip, just go into it knowing that you may not get to see everything that you want to see. And that kind of takes the stress off a little bit. And working with an agent, we just tell you where to go and when to show up. And there may be things that you are, so to speak, missing that you don't even realize that you're missing. And then we could just save that for your next trip when you come back. But um, see what she did there. I'm in jail. Yeah. Uh, and they do have the bounce back offer, which makes it very attractive to come yeah. back again because they have. That's how I booked a, mine. Yeah, they have a really good. They typically have a really good promo, um, that's not for the general public. But with that being said, um, you know it's it's how you want to do it. I mentioned I don't go rope drop to fireworks because to me that's not relaxing. I like to wake up late and have a late breakfast, and you know maybe sit at the pool or go to you know, one of the beach areas, we typically stay at the resorts that have more of a a relaxing feel, so to speak. Um, To me, I think that a beach is relaxing and, and that's how we do Disney. So having those conversations about what you look for, some people think that standing at a parade is relaxing. It's everybody's different, but that's the good thing about Disney is that they literally have something for everybody that, No matter what, there's there's world class spas on property, and there's world class um, restaurants, and and so you know having massages and having all of these these accommodations to me, and you go at your own speed. I think, that, speed, I think that I think that's the most important thing
0: that if you're worried about it being stressful and not a relaxing vacation, like, you know, you've heard some people be like, say, they go on a vacation, especially if you have kids, like, I need a vacation from my vacation before yeah. I can go back and be in the functional real world. You have to know to take it at your own speed, which goes yeah. along with what you're saying. Know that you're not going to do everything. Figure that mm-hmm. out from the very beginning. You're not going to do everything. It will be there when you get back in theory. And you will be able to uh, enjoy things that you missed. You might enjoy things that you didn't know you were going to enjoy as much uh, the first time and want to repeat them. But you are completely allowed to do it at your own speed. You are not being challenged to do it all. And you cannot, in fact, do it all. So don't try. Just try to take take this section in, this vacation in, and enjoy it for what it's worth and build off of that if you choose to go again, like Mm me, because I can't stop going. Mark comments, um, and if if you're watching us on our Facebook, as we record this podcast live, you can comment on the Facebook live and participate in this conversation. Mark says, when we go down, it's during Halloween, and it's very nice, not crowded at all, lines, waits... Are not bad, and Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party is totally worth the ticket. Saratoga Springs is where we stay, and it's a wonderful resort right next to Disney Springs. That's a good story. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I really would love to go in the fall. I have to figure out how to work that out with my husband's schedule, or mm-hmm. see if he'll let me go without him, which means I have to figure out how to work it out with my husband's <laughs>
1: schedule. That's well, we probably, need to go yeah, for research, obviously. So
0: there, Jared, you heard it right there. <laughs> it's uh it's for yeah. the podcast, and we're gonna yeah. make it happen. And the fall so-
1: is one of my favorite times. They have the food and wine festival um if you plan it right you can see both the fall and christmas decorations um the weather's beautiful the crowds are low it's it's really a a lovely time so um
0: the next one that we have here these are the common apprehensions that people have when they are the concerns that they might have when it comes to booking your next trip is Mixed families. When I'm talking about ages, so what if I have teenagers and littles? What if I have a multi generational group that wants to go? Like maybe my my mom lives with me, but I've got my kids too. Like, how would you possibly go on a vacation like this? And please, everybody, Erica, is it possible
1: to do? Yeah, well, and first I just want to caveat that you know, like you mentioned, when you go to Disney. You kind of become that five-year-old self, you know. I tell a story all the time that my mom said that when we would go, and when I was sixteen, as soon as I would see the castle, she said she would look at me and see her five-year-old daughter again, and hey. that was the, the the worth every penny that it took to go back for that moment. And because you do, even as an adult, I mean, I still tear up at the fireworks, and and I feel like a kid when I'm there. So there's just something that it's you get, really you tap You tap into it. Yeah. And I think that, again, they've done a really good job of making experiences for the entire family. So something like Festival of the Lion King, I know we've talked about that, you know, it has these larger than life puppets that the kids go crazy for and the music and they invite them down on stage. But then they also have this kind of Cirque du Soleil feel theatrical acrobats and this Broadway style music for you know adults and grandparents to enjoy so I think they've done a really good job with that now there are things like you know the Disney Junior Dance Party that is something that you know I never experienced because I never had kids and I thought that Dan and I would look really silly just you know sitting there dancing along but um you know I think that they've done a really good job of of having those plus if you as you're planning your trip if you feel comfortable, like if you have teenagers in, you know, 17, 18 years old, you all don't have to do the same thing at the same Mm -mm. time. So if you want to split up and you want, you know, the teenagers want to go ride big Thunder Mountain while you guys do the Jungle Cruise or Dumbo, you know, you can certainly do that and then meet back up if you're comfortable with that. Um, The My Disney Experience app does to where Everybody can do what they want to do. So if the parents want to split up, you can do that as well. They also have something called rider swap to where if you have a little kid um, that doesn't want to ride maybe Big Thunder Mountain or something, you can switch to where you can still experience that with your teenager or your older child while the other parent stays back with the little kid and then switch. So you can both kind of get that experience. So they have a lot of protocols in place that make it to where everybody can enjoy the vacation at the same time. And I think that it's a big apprehension, but I think once you get there, you find that everybody just kind of (laughs) <laughs> like b- develops into this, this magic that is Walt Disney world. And, and you just, you just kind of look around and families that you're know, like, Oh, I, I bet the 16 year old and the five-year-old don't play all the time, but then here they are, you know, sitting on a corner, sharing a Mickey ice cream, waiting for the parade to start. And it's just something that you just notice is all around you. It's just this feeling that um it's just, it's a different, it's a different place. That's, that's kind of indescribable.
0: Yeah, for sure. I want to um, get to our our last point that we have here, and it's kind of a <laughs> summation about um, – did I get to everyone that we had written on our list? I think I did. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Two. Two more. I'm sorry. Before we get – Okay, so the, the, the last one that I have written down here is I don't like roller coasters. Like this is – I don't want to go to Disney. I don't like roller coasters. So what do you say? Is there anything other than – I mean – I guess people didn't realize how huge of a roller coaster fan I, I am because I go down there for a week and I, all I do is just get on a roller coaster and ride. <laughs> There's a little bit more to do than that.
1: There is. And if anybody's been listening to this podcast, um, you know, I invite you to go back and just learn a little bit about Erica Murphy because I, <laughs> I don't, I don't do uh big rides like that. Like sometimes even a Ferris wheel makes me a little queasy. Um, It's just, I'm just kind of a a wuss when it comes to stuff like that. And I love Disney because there's so much there to do. So I mentioned before that they have a little bit of something for everybody that they have different levels of roller coasters and the roller coasters that they're honestly, I mean, I've done Space Mountain and I've done Big Thunder Mountain and, and all of that. And none of them are, you know, they're not meant to make your blood pressure go up and you know this crazy exhilarating you know roller coasters like some some coasters are everything that Disney does is very uh there's a story behind it and it's very mindful so like the mind train even though it's fast around around spaces it, it stops and kind of you know tells a story and you see the animatronics and there's a very theatrical element along with it to where it's not as terrifying as as some of the other ones are, but there's so much to do. I don't think people realize how big Disney world. I mean, we're talking four parks, huge parks, huge parks. The, I, one of the, a lot of people, I think the misconception is that, you know, Disney world is the magic kingdom. And I mentioned that that's typically the park that we spend the least amount of time at. And one of the attractions at animal kingdom is the entire size of the Magic Kingdoms. I mean, we're talking massive, massive mm-hmm. parks. So um, you may have been to a local theme park at your in your hometown and are like, eh, you know, I've done it once or twice. I don't want to spend all this money to do it again. It's nothing like that. There's if you're not a show person, you don't like theater, there's there's so much more than just roller food,
0: sensors. drink, <laughs> attractions, shows, art music, like pools and resorts and golf and spas and shopping. And and I'm not just talking about shopping for Mickey ears. It's yeah. like the Disney Springs has some of the nicest high end shops that you can go shop that people who don't go to Disney world still go shopping there because it's as nice yeah. as it gets.
1: Well, in Epcot, you know, we mentioned it has the different pavilions. A lot of those merchandise in those pavilions aren't necessarily even Disney related. You can get authentic merchandise from the countries the prospective countries of those pavilions in those locations so if you're looking for you know an italian leather handbag or you're looking for a french perfume that's where you can get those those items that even aren't necessarily mickey shaped
0: yeah <laughs> but some they taste better when the food tastes better when it's mickey shaped it, totally <laughs> it does i don't yeah. know why um well, so, it's
1: kind of like this thing. I always joke that my mom's water always tasted better when we were kids. Like you know how when you take a drink of your mom's water and you're like, gosh, that's so refreshing. And it's yeah. like sandwich it's always tastes sandwich always tastes better
0: when somebody else makes it. <laughs> yeah. it. Cuts it are you it cuts it in half or cuts it in a diagonal? I think I'm a, I'm a diagonal eater. Oh, I'm totally a diagonal. I yeah. don't know why it's better. Just seems like it is.
1: Well, you eat with your eyes.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm pro triangle. Yeah, that probably offended somebody. And I'm sorry if it offended you. (laughs) Um, The last the last apprehension or concern that I think people have is I don't know about all the coming restrictions. And this is why I kind of say this for last. I said at the beginning of the podcast that we would discuss some of these universal because that's what we know now. This is what we know. There are a gajillion places you can go have fights to the death over what you think is going to happen and how awful you think that the other person is for thinking something differently than you. However, we do know that Universal has
1: submitted their plan. You said today it's been accepted by the governor and everything? Yep, it was uh, it announced today, June 5th is the opening date. It was approved and they're they're going for it. So I'm going to kind of rapid fire through these. And if
0: if this is a concern for you before you book your next trip, it's going to be on a case-by-case basis. Like, it is not anything that anybody is going to be able to answer, except for you and for your family. So these are the measures that Universal Orlando Resort has put in place and had approved for their uh, parks. And we assume that Disney will do something in the general vicinity of this, but we don't know. So we're going to wait and hear from Disney. But this is Universal's face coverings required. Everyone's required to wear a face covering during their visit. They're asking you to wash your hands often and do it for 20 seconds. Uh, Glad we had to put a bullet point up for that one. (laughs) Floor markings. When, When present, please stand on the floor markings until the group in front of you moves forward. So that's the six feet apart or two meters apart. Use hand sanitizer when required. At select locations, including prior to boarding ride vehicles, guests will be required to use hand sanitizer. I think this is interesting because... I don't know what they're going to do specifically at Universal to sanitize the actual ride, like, in between every single excursion. They're actually having the humans sanitize themselves, which, <laughs> you know, to to an extent it's better than nothing. So, you know, I think that I think that will have some benefit. It's not going to be perfect, but nothing ever was. It'll probably be safer than it ever has been in the past, cons- mm-hmm. all things considered. Uh, Temperature check required. Temperature checks will be required upon arrival and guests with a temperature of 100.4 degrees or greater will not be admitted. Social distancing. Practice social distancing and keep at least six feet away between your travel party and others. So I think that's something that I think, I don't know that it needs to be said, but sometimes when you're not sure, you should just say it anyway. But like you can be by your group, but your group needs to be six feet away from the next group. Another one is avoid contact with people who are sick. There's some common sense involved in that. And then follow team member direction. Please follow direction from our team members and have patience as we work through these new operational procedures. So I would imagine that this is probably a bit fluid in the sense that when um, when you get there and they've been doing this for two weeks, they might in two weeks say, you know what, the mask thing is just... Maybe we know more about the virus, or maybe it's not working in the parks, or maybe they're like, no, we're going to do masks forever. We don't know how this is going to change over time, but this has been an approved process that Universal has put out, and I think it's encouraging that there's something to hang your hat on, maybe mm. not where you want to hang it at night, but at least you could put your hat up at night and know that we are a step closer in the direction to getting back to normal
1: yeah, and these were some of the same protocols that we saw this past week when Disney Springs opened up May twentieth. So I think that as the time goes on, like you said, as we get more information, I think that that's all um, we'll we'll have more. And we'll certainly stay tuned to the pixie dust podcast um, Facebook page because we'll we'll be listening to that as we go along. Disney Parks actually put out a notice today, I'm I'm sure, on the heels of Universal, uh, putting out their information, just reminding people how the situation is fluid. As of right now, we Do you want to read it? Sure. As of right now, they are only accepting reservations through july they're uh, after starting
0: july 1st 1st, yeah Mm -hmm. so you can't make you can't call and make a reservation right now for june but there are people who do have june reservations who still have their june reservations they're just not taking additional ones at this time
1: and we have our personal trip planned for june 27th and ours hasn't been canceled yet um they have canceled through june 13th so That's that's just what we know. They've typically been doing it week by week. So if they are going to cancel the following, we should probably know next week. Um, So this came out today from Disney destinations on May 22nd is the day that we're recording this. And it's a really nice, I I encourage you to take a look at it. Um, They say some really nice things about how it's an understatement to say that the past few months have been challenging and about how during this time, we know how difficult it can be to plan your Disney vacation. So just having them acknowledge that in my opinion is something that, you know, they're not just sitting in their offices being like, this is what we're going to do. They know that people are, it says now more than ever, we're longing for the opportunity to come together. There's a family and friends to escape to celebrate and redo missed milestones. So they, they understand that. Um, it goes on to say, given the current uncertainty as to when we will reopen both Disneyland resort or Walt Disney world resort, we've had to periodically adjust the schedule for the ability to book hotel reservations at our resorts while we're currently accepting reservations starting in July, 2020 at both resorts. As the situation evolves, timing may continue to shift. So that could mean, It could be late June. It could be in August. We don't know. uh, Later in July, that's kind of they just kind of left that open ended. And I think that that is um, just because it. we don't until they announce when they're going to open, uh, we don't know what that's going to look like. And at that capacity, I mean, Shanghai sold out in one day, so (laughs) we don't know. Um, how many are on the books. We don't have the information to see kind of what the park levels are at now with current reservations. So I'm sure that's something they're keeping in mind with too.
0: So before we wrap up here, we've gone just a little over an hour. Um, I want to ask you, Erica, for people who have had some of these concerns, you know, maybe we've, maybe we've quelled some of them enough to make them uh, feel comfortable having a conversation with you about planning, or talking about planning a Disney World vacation, you said right now you can book a room as far out. Do you
1: know what the date is as far out as? You can book through 2021 if it's room only. So we call that a basic package. Um, it's a and- little bit different to where it's not just a $200 deposit. You do have to have a one night. You have to pay for one night of the reservation, but it locks in your room. So if you're thinking of, you know, you really want a standard room at Polynesian, something that books up really quickly, I would maybe recommend doing a basic package and then adding the tickets and dining and all that, that later. Um, otherwise, hopefully we should have more information on the full packages that are coming out. Perfect. The next month.
0: Well, I want to encourage people to reach out to Erica at Erica at magic expeditions.com. E R I K A. You've, you've worked with quite a few Pixie dust podcast customers I now have. clients, haven't you?
1: I have. Yeah. And yeah, you know, it's, I'm so grateful for the opportunity. Um, you know, I, I hope that people are listening to this just, you know, for information and kind of fun. We joke that this is kind of our therapy, but I do. I'm want not to joking. Do, have- I'm dead serious.
0: <laughs> this is therapy. You can check out the Annie Fry Show podcast to understand why I need the therapy. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, I have a day job. I have I have a full-time job. This is not something that I'm, I'm able to do right now full-time. I do it because I love what I do. I have been lucky enough to go to Disney since I was a child, and I understand the magic and the memories that are made there. So if I can help other people have those memories, and that is why I do what I do. So I joke about, you know, I could talk about Disney all day. I, I really could. So I don't want anybody to feel pressure. Um, you know, I've, I've been lucky to Go for a very long time, so I, I also read a lot of the blogs and and kind of keep up with that. Um, so I. I- do look at myself as kind of, you know, in the know. So if you have any questions, I'm happy. And and to debunk a lot, I want to preface and say that there's been a lot, especially now of clickbait that's out there, people that are kind of using this pandemic to, um, you know, get a more of a name for themselves and to kind of ride on the tails of this with what their beliefs are, which is all fine and dandy. But um, I've had a lot of people that have seen these and been like, Panicked. Like, what do you mean it's not gonna open for another year? And it's like, let's like, we don't know what we don't yeah, know yet. That was so
0: never panic. that was never news. That was never an actual story. It was one person who had access to write an article.
1: Exactly. So I, I wanna say that um the conversations that I have, I'm very careful about what I say, and I will only share what I have from Disney's mouth because I don't want people to panic. Like there's no there's no need for that.
0: Well, Tony Colombo's going to join me next week, and we're going to speculate. That's all we're going (laughs) to do. We're just going to throw out wild accusations about things, and Erica's going to be like
1: these people to that one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can wash your hands completely of it well thank you Perfect. so much for listening today to the pod, uh, the Pixie Dust podcast if you joined us live while we recorded it on Facebook thank you for being there we're really grateful for it we just created and have started to establish the Pixie Dust podcast Facebook page which is a way that we can communicate directly with you you can communicate directly with us you can ask us questions and uh, participate in helping us grow this podcast it's something that's fun for us to do and we are grateful for the opportunity to, uh, to, to discuss these things with you i got one question here before we go uh, because janine just put it up here what about disney stores disney springs is where most of the disney uh stores are at disney world and they opened the 20th the non-disney stores opened like disney springs opened up and welcomed people back in on the 20th but the disney stores that are at disney springs is like the 27th uh can I think I it's the twenty seventh. Really it's next week, yeah. So, so it should be it should be kind of as as a whole opened mm-hmm. next week. And and I think that they might be doing some of the same things with Disney Store across country, but I'm not one hundred percent sure about that. But Disney I Springs was varies by the city phase one, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, anything else, Erica, that you want to add here? Uh, always great to have these conversations with you.
1: Yeah, no, I I love having these conversations and I'm just, like I said, I'm just grateful uh, for the opportunity to do this every week. So I've made a lot of really good friends through this um, that I consider family. So fantastic. Thanks.
0: Thanks, Erica. Email her at Erica. It's Erica at com, And you need to subscribe to the Pixie Dust Podcast on radio.com and you'll never miss an episode. We've got a whole bunch there already. So if you've just found us, go back and look at the rest one of the ones that we have put up there and catch up and contact the Facebook page and tell us where we missed something, what you like that we said, a subject that you might like us to do for for an episode, and we will get on it. Thank you so much for listening to the Pixie Dust Podcast. We'll see you next time.